0: Welcome to Media Business. This is the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Conley, and we've got a great guest for you today. Ed Sarpolis is the founder and executive director of Target Insight. They are recognized as one of Michigan's notable pollsters, analysts, and strategists. And in his bio, it says he has more than 20 years of experience in market research. That's a lie. Actually, it's 50. He He has more like 50 years. That's my 50th anniversary. Isn't that crazy? Yes, it's also my birthday today, too. Well, happy birthday. If I was there, I'd buy you a glass of wine, a cocktail, or a beer. Oh my goodness, yes.
1: Well, actually, I have another client after this, and you know one of my passions is Chili dogs, so they're going to host Chili Dog at the corporate meeting for me.
0: <laughs> All right, nice, nice. Well, let's talk a little bit about your background, because you are pure in Michigan. And talk a little bit about your background, where you grew up, and how you got to where you are now.
1: Okay, well, I was born and raised in the city of Detroit. My background is, is on my mother's side, we're Kashub, which is northern Poland. We're Slavic, but not Polish. We have our own language and that type of thing. Catholic, Catholic schools went on to a Catholic university in Grand Rapids. And so I ended up in Grand Rapids. And that's where I started in politics. I opened my first business as a freshman in college, hiring the girls dorm to do my calling for me for doing research. I happened to my department head was also involved in politics. So he taught me basically my first day in campus. He says, would you like to learn how to do research? So I started doing research for that. And then one of the professors in Michigan was John Ottebacher, psychologist, and become a state representative of John Ottebacher, state senator John Ottebacher, ran for Senate. And then his chief of staff, Ken Sickma became Senate Majority Leader back in the day. So that was out of Grand Rapids. And then while I was there, in my junior year, I needed to pay for my tuition at a private college. So I found this candidate called, one, Debbie Stabenow, now U.S. Senator Stabenow. That was back in 75 and 76. I was pollster of record for the Vanderveen Vandalon special election when Jerry Ford became vice president. I was doing polling for Dick Vanderveen in that race. And I've done over 400 campaigns in my life, from campaign management to polling, and some 4,000 different research projects. I've been around the world. Japan has sent me to Japan, Michigan State has sent me to Russia, I've been to Brazil, I've been to other countries doing research. And so I basically I've done everything from research on well, women's health issues to politics to even about chrome plating. So I've done products, I've done country research like Pakistan. A lot of people think Pakistan was a Pekingese dog because <laughs> they didn't understand There's actually a country called Pakistan. And I've done research on education, health and research. I can't think of anything I've done. From the media standpoint, for about almost 15 years, I did research for all Michigan major newspapers and TV stations, as well as other entities across the country.
0: And the reason I wanted you to talk a little bit about your background, because I think experience is important when you're talking about polling. And before we kind of dive into polls and polling, I wanted you to talk a little bit about the difference between what you do now between how you did it 50 years ago, 40 years ago, 30 years ago?
1: Oh, well, 50 years ago, I used to have a milk bottle in one hand. <laughs> no, <I'm> just, <laughs> the difference is pretty much this. Back when I started learning about doing research and polling there were different methodologies. We used to actually do polling, doing door-to-door. The methodology was door-to-door polling, sitting down, knocking on the door. Sometimes we did meet appointments in advance to do a poll. Then over time, that became too costly. Then we started moving to doing telephone polls. And then doing telephone polls, we had to figure out how to do them. Because if you remember some of the miscalculations of who won the poll, you know, do we won the election or not, Basically, what happened there is, is that the Reader's Digest poll they did that poll wrong because they were just calling landlines at the time. People had landlines. They didn't realize the fact there were people who vote that don't have phones. So the one thing that we started changing as we moved from door-to-door polling because of costs, so you start moving the phones, we had to start figuring out how do we sure so we don't leave anybody out. So sometimes you had to look places where there weren't phone calls or something like that. Then you had to do some either door knocking or something like that to get the sample. Now, the difference between now and then, when I started doing polling in college, if I was doing a statewide survey, obviously I had the girls as my phone bank because I'd hired them, you know, on phones to do my calling. But I literally, if I did a statewide poll, I had to get every phone book for the state of Michigan. And I had to draw a random sample across all those phone books to be sure that Detroit was represented at his portion of the vote. And well, there was West Michigan. So I literally had to have a ruler and every so many inches, I had to take phone numbers and write those down because I had to create a random sample. The other thing that's, that we had to do with the fact is that we had to look at voting records because whether it was then, 50 years ago now, I had to be sure that I have the right number of, by age. I can't have a poll of all seniors. I have to have how many young people vote. I got to be sure that I have the right percentage of black people. If you're into an ethnic group, do I have to get somebody that can speak a different language during the polls? That has not changed. The difference being now is right now on my laptop that I'm using for the Zoom meeting, I have all the voters in Michigan on my computer. I have their vote history, I have their addresses, and I also even had, most cases, 7% of the time, I have their phone number, so I can actually draw a sample from here and conduct the research. And then I work with, I don't maintain my own phone bank, I used to, I work with other people who do polling for us, people like that to do calling. Now, polling is also done by computer, it's done by text messages, there's different methods, I traditionally like to do it by calling when I have the opportunity to, because the fact is that when the computer-aided thing is basically sort of self-serving, who goes to the, on the computer to take the polls. And then I still do some landline polling, and I also do automatic polling, sometimes a landline. On broad-based polls where I'm just looking for attitude, I still do robo-polls where people answer the phone, they'll take a survey. But a lot of hard polls, we do a balance of actually calling cell phones as well as landline phones. And UP at Michigan, still people have a lot of landlines.
0: We're talking with Ed Polis, who is the founder and executive director of Target Insight. He's recognized as one of Michigan's most notable pollsters. When we come back, I'm going to ask Ed about how wrong the polls seem to be in the last several election cycles. We'll do that next. I'm Tony Connolly. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. Welcome back to Media Business. I'm Tony Connolly. This is the Michigan Business Network. We're talking with Ed Sarpolis. And Ed, it seems like the last several election cycles, the polls were wrong. A lot of them were wrong. A lot of them were very wrong. What happened?
1: The talking heads had them wrong, not the pollsters. Okay, let me explain what I mean here. The fact is, is that a poll is a snapshot in time and that if you don't understand that, then you miscalculate the data. Because, for example, I'm doing a lot of polling tonight. I already know because the amount of TV ads that are going on that within the next week, the numbers are going to change. So if I talked about my poll I'm doing tonight, next Monday, I could be wrong because the fact is that of have all the ads that are going on. Number two, when a poll says you're leading does not mean that they're winning. What I mean by that, in Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump, from January of 2000. In 16 January, I was meeting in Birmingham, Michigan with some funders for some of the congressional delegation. And I said, it's a good possibility that Hillary would lose to Donald Trump, even though she was leading in the polls. Now, why would you think I'd say that even though she was leading? Because through the whole campaign season, these are things that are going on. In Michigan alone, she never broke 50% for the whole year period. Just because you lead does not mean that you're going to win. If you stay below 50%, then the undecided tend to break for the challenger. So a leading does not mean winning. So a lot of people misinterpret a lead as a victory. It is not, okay? And then you have margin of
0: error in the poll. So that's very important. And I want to talk a little bit about, just from your perspective, because I think you've got a unique Perspective. When it comes to the news that people listen to, the polls that they follow, with trying times, I'm always wondering why people will stick to one party or another, <laughs> regardless of what's going on. And I say that now because there have been times, as you know, where the Democrats were getting things wrong and Republicans were getting things yes. wrong. But no matter what, instead of supporting the best person or trying to find the best news, people tend to go where to find their news or to tend to vote with what they've always done. Why is that from your perspective? Because birds
1: of the Feather flock together. And you don't want to be wrong. You want people that sound and talk like you, okay? The one reason I get hired by Republicans and Democrats, business leaders and other groups of fact, because I don't take sides. When I do a poll, if you're a Republican group that hire me, if your candidate's losing, I'm going to tell you flat out. After the election, people, I met with a group of Republican people. He said, how did you predict at 8.01 on election day in 2020, you said Trump was going to lose. How did you do that? You had the numbers accurate because I said, I do polling. Okay. And I had access to what's happening in the polling locations like that. Okay. So bottom line, no Republicans were hiring me. But the point being is, is that you go to where people sound like the information that you want to hear. Okay. And that's what the biggest problem is. You have to decide, are you looking for yourself or for you know what's the real numbers?
0: And this is frustrating to me as a true journalist who always tries to present all sides of every story so that the listener or the viewer can make up their own mind. But it's frustrating for me. I would think that I would be the ideal person to poll because I'm a mixed race man, half black, half white, raised by a single parent, very low income college educated, uh, have my own kids now. And, you know, I voted for Barack Obama the first time, and other times I've voted for Republicans. I'm trying to find the best guy, Ed. And it's frustrating to me that why more people don't try and do that.
1: Well, first of all, they don't take the time. I mean, I'm a rarity because the fact I'm always reading, I'm listening to all the talking heads. I don't care what station is on. I'm doing polling. I'm talking to people. And the other problem, the fact is, is because we tend to listen to people that sound like us, we don't always get the correct information. So while I'll watch or listen to Fox 2 at the same time I listen to MSNBC. Then I'll do my own research. I will make calls to people in D.C. What's the real story? I know news reporters like you. Okay, I know people who work in politics. You know, I have Republican friends. What is your internal showing to you? And the point being the fact you just can't accept the first thing people say, because remember, everybody's trying to push you to your point of view. You know, they want to get you to vote. And that's why, for example, in Detroit, I've been on Fox too. And if I've got, depending on what I'm talking about, I'm not impartial. If the Republican person speaking, I'm saying is the fact, you got to understand that the Republican here is his point of view. I'm not going to challenge him because he's hired to put a perspective out there. So you vote for his candidate. But here's what I'm seeing from both Republican and Democratic perspective. Okay. And, but you have to get, look for that balance. But if you believe in something, you're going to look for everybody that sounds like you. That's the problem.
0: And maybe it's, I'm frustrated because I'm a news nerd, so I will listen to Fox and go to CNN and MSNBC and read the New York Times and USA Today and the Wall Street Journal, but not everyone has the time or desire to
1: do No, that. they don't. But I would tell you, well, the other problem, the fact is, I will tell you this, and I'm being this honest with you, that news organizations themselves no longer cover the news. They're trying to keep audiences, Okay. Because the news, the news, for example, in Lansing, I used to be able to have all the reports from all the networks who were there. They weren't competing for ad space. They're competing for what the real story is. Right now, Fox appeals to a certain older population of a certain educational background, and that's all their stories are. Now, their polling is fantastic. A lot of people disagree with Fox polling numbers because, in the fact, they disagree with the people commentators on the air. They're a very good team. The same thing with MSBC. They're trying to appeal a certain segment, but their polling is very good. The problem is... When we're going to these TV stations, we're looking at the talking heads and not the actual news anchor or the actual people actually doing the research. That's the problem. Because when I look for polling, I'll look to Fox News' polling team because they're very good. They to disagree with all the commentators on Fox News. The same thing with MSNBC. I sometimes I'll ignore the commentators and go to their polling team because they're very good.
0: We're talking with Ed Sarpolis from Target Insight. When we come back, we're going to talk more about polling. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Connolly, and this is the Michigan Business Network. the workplace keeps changing and successful companies recognize and embrace change through choice, adaptability, and innovation. DBI offers affordable furniture solutions for countless workspace options that will enhance the performance of your people and organization. DBI helps customers reach their workplace goals from improving worker effectiveness and innovation to brand expression. DBI is your office furniture partner. Learn more at dbiguests.com. Welcome back to Media Business. This is the Michigan Business Network. I'm talking with Ed Sarpolis from Target Insight. I'm Tony Conley. Ed, I want to ask you specifically about news organizations. So usually when I start watching the news, I will go places that, and I'll tell you why, but I'll go to Fox News and Mm -hmm. the Wall Street Journal. And the reason I do is because at least I get the opposing point of view to stories. They'll have guests on there that will debate. And when I go to other entities, if I look at the the New York Times, if I go to CNN or MSNBC, I don't get the opposing point of view. I don't hear that. And if I do, it's, you know, if you're MAGA, if you're Republican, if you're conservative, if you decide not to be anything, that you're a loser, basically. And so that's kind of how I attack the news. What's your perspective on that?
1: Well, you're already showing some bias because you, you assume everybody that's disagreeing on Fox News is truly being disagreeable, okay? I find disagreement on all the different stations, okay? And also on Fox News, it's dependent on which persons being interviewed which is coming together sometimes they do and sometimes they don't i have to correct you on that because they all do you have to find which reporter which commentator gives you that now you and i are lucky because we're ingrained in this we can get through the we and chat we know who we want to listen to I think it's a story mm-hmm. okay but the average person doesn't know that because remember after you get that little news segment all the rest are commentators pushing an agenda okay i mean most people don't do go to fox for what you do They're going to. But Ed,
0: there are several entities that I will go to. There is no opposing point of view. There is no debate. I agree with you
1: Every station I know, a certain time period, a certain report, where I will get that balance, okay? That I agree Mm -hmm. with you. Mm -hmm. And I will guarantee you there are very few examples of that on YouTube or (laughs) YouTube Mm -hmm. video. They're pretty much one thing. I agree with you. You have to talk to different people.
0: Mm -hmm. Ed, what are people telling you? With all the polls that you're working on now and the different customers, what are people talking about? What are you hearing? What I'm
1: hearing right now is that the focus is beginning to focus on themselves. Okay, they're starting to. I think the positive thing is is that whether you agree with it or not, the people who are basically you're going to have the hard Trump supporters no matter what. Okay, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but you're now getting some of those Trump supporters saying, "Oh, there is an alternative story to what he was telling us." Okay, Mm -hmm. that opens the door for DeSantis or Navarro or some other Republican. Okay, that's good. Okay. Because there is a consensus that Trump is, you know, he's all about himself, okay? But now because of the stories come out, whether you listen on Fox, because even Fox, now is covering some of the, to me, there's a discussion going on, what really happened, okay? Because now you have Republicans leading the discussion, what happened? That's what I begin, people are beginning, we're getting back to much more, I could tell normal, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, so what I'm seeing happening in races now, now some of the primaries are still, like in Michigan politics, the Republican gubernatorial race is crazy, okay? They're only going for one vote. They're not going for Michiganders. They're going for a certain type of vote. But mm-hmm. as you get into the lower races, whether it's Congress, Myers and West, in for Congress and lower races, they're beginning to, what are the other issues? They wanna talk about inflation. They wanna talk about the jobs, but they're starting to go back to where we used to talk about people. What is important to you, okay?
0: Ed, what do you think is going to be more important when people go to the polls? Is it going to be abortions and guns versus the economy, versus gas prices, versus foreign policy, versus the border issues? What do you think? Well, first of all,
1: the issue on women's rights, because I have a lot of right-to-life people that don't like what the court did, because they still think a woman, if you're a Catholic, you believe in free will. God gives you free will, okay? It's between my God, it's me. They still believe in right to life, but they don't like the government telling them, I own your body. Okay, You got to be careful on that. It's women's rights because I've seen a lot of right to life women who don't like the way this has been done. OK, so you got to be careful that what I'm finding happened is it's always going to be monetary. But what's going to happen is who comes to the polls? The issue of women's rights, that's going to drive an increase of certain type of voters to the ballot.
0: Well, what I think is interesting, since we're talking about women now, we're talking about women's rights is you have abortion and women want the right to choose. But when you have this transgender issue with the way women are kind of being pushed out of athletics, that's a woman's issue. But it seems like women are quiet on that issue. When you look at a lot of the violence happening now, a lot of that is aimed towards women I don't and hear, to me, it seems like women and women's rights are getting pushed aside more so for transgender and transgender. Well, that's right. because
1: that's what Republicans are pushing. Mm-hmm. And why do you
0: think they're pushing that?
1: Because they don't want to talk about the abortion issue because then they have to talk about the 10 year old girl that was raped and had the baby. Because remember, that destroys their policy. If they eliminate all abortions. The transgender is mm-hmm. being pushed because it's just serving a political purpose. Because most Republicans <laughs> I know have transgender people on their staff. Mm -hmm. But remember, the people that they're trying to get to vote for believe that transgender people is all immoral. Okay, remember, when you hear these conversations about who are they trying to attract to the polls to get them to vote for their candidate?
0: Mm -hmm. You know, what's interesting and we have to close this conversation. I'm running out of time. But what's interesting, Ed, is people have to do what I have to do even I can get narrowly focused here and we really have to step back and have an open mind and not accept really anyone's word for it. We have to listen to what we hear and really try to decipher through the noise to what's right and what's wrong and how we're going to respond to that.
1: Well, first of all, I meet and talk with everybody from both sides of the aisle, Republican, Democrat, conservative, whatever. Okay, that's my commitment since I was a child. That's how my parents raised me. Okay, but you got to listen and keep an open mind. For example, after elections, I had a lot of Trump groups ask me to come in and explain. You know, I said, look, you have your opinion. Let me show you what the data show. Okay, I'm not trying to change your mind, but here's how to go forward. So I try to teach people how to sort information out. How do you go about gathering information? How do you document things? Because that's what you're doing is how to validate things, okay? And the other thing, the fact is that I'm trying to figure why is that message is being there? Because remember, well, as a pollster, and I work with campaigns, the fact is I don't work in general elections to the point is I'm trying to attract a certain voter. The more educated you are, the more you have a different perspective on people and who they are, that type of thing. The less educated you are, the less information, you have a much closer circle. So the question is you're talking to someone I would say the average voter who is not college-educated is not going to do what you do. They're going to take the seated view that they grew up with in their homes. That's all they're going to hear. That's all they're going to see. The question is, how do we get other voters who don't have the time and the background to pursue that type of thing? Because that's what really is going in the home, okay? That's what's missing out there.
0: We've been talking with Ed Sarpolis, who is the founder and executive director of Target Insight. He's celebrating 50 years in the polling business and... Happy birthday, Ed. I appreciate you you being here. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Connolly. We'll see you next time on the Michigan Business Network.